Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Allergy season is just around the corner and Brio, the innovative air purifier can help. Brio quickly removes common allergens, including pollen and pet dander and deep cleans without filter clogging. So it's more effective than HEPA. Brio's long life filters save you money too. Breathe easy this spring with Brio, the advanced air purifier that's ideal for every room in your home. And get 15% off Brio using code IHEART at BrioAirPurifier.com. That's code IHEART at BrioAirPurifier.com. This podcast may discuss topics graphic in nature and possibly triggering to survivors. We value the safety and well-being of all of our listeners. So please practice personal discretion. Now, enjoy the show. Hey, I'm Paige. And I'm Natalie. We're the hosts of the Murder Diaries podcast. We bonded over tacos and true crime after we matched on Bumble BFF. You know, like any normal millennial using an app to meet new friends. Every Thursday, we upload a new episode. In each episode of the Murder Diaries, we tell true crime one story at a time. One week, it's my turn. And the next week, it's mine. You still think it's in my head. I'm walking with the dead. To get to know a little more about the show, you can find us at The Murder Diaries Pod on TikTok and Instagram. And you can also check out our website, themurderdiariespodcast.com. This is actually where our merch is housed as well. We love when we see our listeners wearing our merch. So when you purchase something, share a picture. Tag us on Instagram. We love to see it. Without further ado, let's get on with the episode. On June 9th, 2017, a visiting Chinese scholar at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign was waiting for a bus in broad daylight when a car stops at the bus stop right next to her. Instead of waiting for the bus any longer, the scholar gets in the car. She would never be seen again. This is the story of Yingying Zhang. A special note on pronunciation for this episode, many of the Chinese resources, one would hear Zhang, and with a lot of the English resources, you will hear the last name pronounced as Zhang. Pronunciations may vary slightly depending on whether you are hearing traditional or simplified Chinese pronunciation as well. On December 21st, 1990, in Nanping City, Fujian Province, China, Yingying was born to her father, Ronggao, and her mom, Li Feng. Li Feng recalls in the MTV documentary Finding Yingying that she was a really good kid. She also explains Yingying's drive and hunger for knowledge, saying that Yingying once asked her, after a PhD, what if I don't want to keep studying? 
To which her mom asked, my daughter, you're not tired? Yingying responds, I'm not tired. I'm not tired at all. She further goes on to say, quote, the more I study, the more passionate I am, end quote. Something else really cool about Yingying is that she was a vocalist in a band called Cute Horse, and she also played the guitar. A video about Yingying's case by the chapter on YouTube actually contains a small clip of Yingying singing with her band, and the documentary Finding Yingying actually also has a clip of Yingying singing towards the end as well. Her partner tells Finding Yingying that he actually taught her how to play guitar. He also expresses just how important music was to Yingying. He says it was a source of happiness and companionship for her. One of Yingying's favorite songs was The Rose by Bette Midler. Heavy.com's Jessica McBride reports that Yingying was known as positive, smart, and having a bright smile. She's definitely not wrong either. Yingying attended the environmental science program at Zhongshan University from 2009 to 2013. She then moved on to China's esteemed and elite Peking University, and she graduated there in 2016 with a master's degree in environmental engineering. Not long after, in April of 2017, Yingying arrived in the U.S. from China. She was visiting as a scholar at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. For one year, she was going to be conducting research on photosynthesis and crop productivity with University of Illinois' Department of Natural Resources and Environmental Sciences. This was housed within the university's College of Agriculture, Consumer, and Environmental Sciences. It's also said in a few resources that Yingying was auditing and considering joining a PhD program at the University of Illinois. Another resource stated specifically that Yingying was starting that PhD program in September. Here at the Murder Diaries, we just don't have enough information to confirm if she was for sure starting that program in September. And even if she didn't go through with the PhD program, it's clear that learning and academics were held to such high esteem for Yingying. Yeah, just like she told her mom, the more she learned, the more passionate she was. I love that quote so much. The documentary that I've been mentioning, Finding Yingying, something really cool about it is that it includes excerpts from Yingying's diary. And on April 30th, 2017, Yingying wrote, quote, I've been in Illinois for a week. University of Illinois is very beautiful. I fell in love with it. Another exciting thing that was going on in Yingying's life at this time is that she was set to marry her partner of eight years back in China that October. Now, of course, it wasn't all perfect for Yingying while she was here in the States. She seemed to really appreciate her opportunities here, but she struggled with being homesick. She explains this again in that entry from April 30th by saying, quote, I feel a bit lonely, but I still want to try. She further discussed her loneliness on May 4th, 17, by writing, I'm very afraid of this loneliness. If I cannot do what I planned every day, I won't be able to reach the final goal. So please be calm and learn what you need to learn. To study, stay foolish, stay hungry. These diary entries are so haunting given what we know happens just a few weeks later. Haunting is such a good word to use. She's speaking directly to herself about this hardship she's going through. And we're really getting a picture of her state of mind and how she was feeling at this time right before this horrible act would happen. That brings us to Friday, June 9th, 2017. 
Yingying's colleague Yin recalls that it was a normal Friday. Her colleague Guo Fong explains that they had finished most of their field work the day before, so they were mainly going to just be packing up equipment that day and sending out any of the damaged equipment for repair. The thing that was different this day is that Yingying was invited to sign a lease for an off-campus apartment that she had applied for. She set out at about 1.30 and it would take her two buses to get where she needed to go. She was running a bit late, but not by much. She entered her first bus at 1.35 p.m., according to the CCTV footage. I should mention when I'm talking about CCTV footage, but this case, there's CCTV footage from the street as well as on the bus, actually. Once Yingying was on the bus, she texted the person she was meeting to sign the lease with at about 1.39. She was letting him know that she was going to be there around 2.10. Eventually, Yingying got off the first bus just in time to miss the second bus that she was hoping to catch. This bus actually picked up on the other side of the street. Yingying went ahead and walked a few blocks down to the next stop that she was going to be able to catch the bus at, and she was waiting on a corner. That's when the CCTV footage shows a black Saturn Astra drive by Ying Ying. And then it shows that same Astra come back around, presumably after having driven around the block. This time, the Astra stops right next to where Ying Ying stood. Ying Ying gets in the car after a quick verbal back and forth through the rolled down window. It's important to note that Ying Ying's family, and especially her partner, her fiancé, say that this is not like her, that she would never get in a stranger's car. We can only assume that she got in the car in order to get a ride to get to the leasing signing as quickly as possible since she had been running late. It's eerie in hindsight, as on the CCTV footage, you can see in an everyday normal fashion, a cyclist cycle by and a car pass right by as Ying Ying enters the car and she and the driver head away from the curb and drive off, Ying Ying never to be seen again. By 2.40 p.m., the rental manager that she was set to meet texted her and said, are you on your way? Ying Ying did not respond. Her colleagues, who were also friends at this point, were also getting worried as she had told them she'd be back as soon as she signed the lease and could make her way straight back from there. The group had planned to grab dinner together, and so by 5 p.m., they started to feel like something really wasn't right. They called Yingying, and she didn't answer. They went to where Yingying was staying in the university housing. No answer. One resource refers that at 9.30 p.m., a professor filed a missing person report. Her colleague, Guo Fong, also recalls calling the police. So there's a combination of things going on to report Yingying missing. The fact that Yingying has this many people care about her in a new city, in a new country, says a lot about the type of person she was. You wanted to see me, Miss Swinton? Have you been hearing about the new government modernization efforts? AI, RPAs, data science. Things are changing at this agency, and people will need new skills. Oh. I'd like you to get some training. Huh. Look at this management concepts catalog. Wow, over 275 courses. That's right, in local classrooms or instructor-led online classes. We still have budget in this fiscal year, so sign up online. Advance your career with courses from Management Concepts. Get a catalog at managementconcepts.com or call 833-578-8466. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. 
Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. A missing persons Facebook notice from missingpiecesnetwork.org reads, Ying Ying Zhang, age 26 and a Chinese scholar visiting the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign campus, has been missing since Friday, June 9, 2017. She boarded a Champaign-Urbana Mass Transit District Teal Line bus at 1.35 p.m. on June 9 at the South Shelter at the Orchard Downs Complex in Urbana. She got off the bus at 1.52 p.m. at Springfield and Matthews Avenues in Urbana, Illinois. Surveillance video shows her entering a black Saturn Astra along North Goodwin Avenue in Urbana around 2 p.m. and continuing north. She was heading to the One North apartment complex on North Lincoln Avenue to sign a lease when she disappeared. She texted the property manager at 1.30 p.m. that she was going to be late. Ying Ying is 5'3", 110 pounds, with dark brown hair and brown eyes. She was last seen wearing jeans, a white and pink long-sleeved shirt with white t-shirt underneath, white tennis shoes, and charcoal gray hat with a white logo, round glasses, carrying a blue backpack. University of Illinois campus police worked with both the Urbana's local city police and the FBI. A 10K award was set for information leading to Ying Ying. An interesting note about University of Illinois is that it has one of the largest Chinese student communities in the U.S. In 2019, visiting Chinese students made up 10% of the university's population. That being said, the community was devastated about Yingying's disappearance, and they helped raise $40,000 for information leading to her. Yingying's aunt, who was her mother's sister, her fiancé, and her father arrived in the area about a week later to assist in the search for her. Her mother was unfortunately too, quote, sick and distraught, end quote, to come, which is why her sister came in her stead, although her mother did eventually come to Illinois. There's footage of her mother's arrival in finding Yingying, and let me tell you, she is rightfully so absolutely beside herself. Please go watch Finding Yingying. Now let's talk about what's going on with the investigation at this time. By June 12th, 2017, police had access to the CCTV footage and they, of course, noticed the black Saturn Astra that Yingying gets into. That, of course, prompts law enforcement to look at all black Saturn Astras in the Champaign County area. According to the YouTube video by that chapter, there were 58 black Saturn Astras that they were looking at. Other video footage shows the FBI explaining to a suspect that there were 1,400 Black Saturn Astras in the whole state of Illinois. Brent Christensen, graduate from University of Illinois with a Master of Physics and previous PhD student, owned one of those Black Astras. He quickly became of interest to investigators. And here's why. To start, another graduate of the University of Illinois, who we'll call Dr. E., called the University of Illinois Police's non-emergency line on June 9th, the same day Yingying went missing. She tells them that she was approached by a man driving a black four-door vehicle around 9 a.m. She goes on to say the stranger yelled at her through his car window and was saying that they were an undercover cop who was, quote, doing some work in the area and asked her if she could come answer some questions. 
Now, Dr. E did approach the vehicle, and she says that the driver was wearing aviator sunglasses, and they flashed what seemed to be a police badge that they had hanging around their neck. The stranger then asked Dr. E to get in the car so he could ask her, quote, some questions. Now, Dr. E did not get in the car, and that's when she called the non-emergency line. Again, it was around 9 a.m. After the non-emergency call, campus police put out a bulletin about the incident shortly thereafter. Another reason that Brent became of interest is that police were able to identify that Brent's car specifically had a sunroof like the one in the footage had. Even more importantly, it also had a cracked hubcap, just like the one in the footage. To clarify further, Brent's hubcap on his front passenger side had a few inch chunk just missing from the top of it. So it was very easy for law enforcement to identify. That being said, investigators moved forward with a search warrant on Brent's car. They noticed that one of the doors, the passenger door, had recently been cleaned. Yeah, it's normal to clean your car, but what set investigators' lantini off is that it was cleaner than any other door in the car. Once investigators had identified that Brent owned that Astra and that he was the driver of the car that Ying Ying was last seen getting into, they asked Dr. E if she might be able to identify if Brent was the one who she had encountered right before Ying Ying had gone missing. They gave Dr. E a set of five photos to choose from, and lo and behold, she picked out Brent's photo. Investigators then brought Brent in for questioning on June 15th, 2017. He admitted that he had given an Asian woman a ride, but he wasn't sure if it was the missing girl when he had first seen the pictures of her. And he kind of plays it off too, like he can barely remember if it was Friday or Saturday, and maybe he was playing video games, maybe he was napping. He was just kind of playing dumb, if you will. He goes on to say that when he did pick up the Asian girl in question, that he had been driving around when he saw her and that she seemed very distressed. So he gave her a ride, but it only lasted a few blocks before she started, quote, freaking out, end quote, and got out of his car. Police take Brent's phone and his computer and they put him under surveillance. Through this, they end up discovering that Brent was a regular visitor to a fetish social network site that claims to be, quote, like Facebook, but run by kinksters like you and me, end quote. They also found searches about serial killer lists and visits to forums called Abduction 101 and Planning a Kidnapping. In addition, they found downloads of pornographic images that contained abusive scenes. On June 29th, Brent attended a memorial walk for Ying Ying with his girlfriend, Tara. I should mention here that Brent had, yes, a girlfriend named Tara, but he was also married. He was in an open marriage with his wife. Now, what Brent didn't know that day is that Tara was wearing a wire. She'd been recording him in such a manner for two weeks at this point. Here's a clip of the wire courtesy of that chapter's YouTube video. It's 6.46 on Thursday, June 29th. We're at the benefit for the walk, and Brent has a thing of alcohol, and he is drinking while he's here. So I'm thinking I'm just going to turn this on right now so that it's on while we walk. This is kind of ridiculous. I know, but like, I, my version of Stafford is looking at my foot. Yeah. It's so weird. I don't even know how to process it. It's just all oh, those people there tonight. 
I want to safe and safe. They talk about have no idea what happened. <laughs> Nobody knew what happened. Nobody knew what happened. Nobody knew what happened. Nobody knew I don't know. This is where we're going to go past that and Green Street find somewhere to eat to get possible. The Yankee Yankee is the only person that has produced evidence that these guys are going to go to Green Street. After that, since I was 19, I tried to choke her. She didn't. She was, I couldn't believe it. Uh, it was unbelievable. Like, supernatural almost how she just didn't give up. Chinese We can stop talking about stuff. In no, I want to talk about it. It's. Is it hard to hold in? I don't want to talk about this with something so much. Okay. The last person I would consider at my level that actually did anything was Ted Bundy. He was caught in the 80s. I told you I'm 13. So long. Having been bored. Sounds like Amy didn't bore you. Sounds like Amy didn't bore you. Now, I know the audio isn't the best given that she's wearing a wire, but I did include the transcript as a link in the show notes. I'll also kind of summarize here that Brent was basically admitting to killing Yingying and went further to say that Yingying was the 13th person he'd killed. Again, all this is happening during the walk and the subsequent concert that was in Yingying's honor. At some point during this time as well, Brent takes Tara's phone and he opens the notes app. He writes to Tara, quote, it was me. He erases it after showing it to her and writes more. She was number 13. He shows her. He erases it. She's gone. Shows her. Erases it. Forever. Tara had to sit through the whole event, knowing what he did. Tara explains in Finding Yingying that Brent then had the audacity to point out a couple girls at the concert that he thought that maybe they should follow and murder. Now, it should be noted here, very importantly, that investigators and many sources have not found any evidence that Brent has killed anyone besides Yingying. But FBI Special Agent Anthony Maganaro says, we don't know what we don't know. I also want to state that Tara says that she asked law enforcement early on like how she could help. And, and that was her goal, quote, even when it was scary. And it was, end quote. Later, in a letter to Yingying's family, Tara wrote, quote, Every time I was afraid, I thought about your love for Yingying. I would do everything I could for you, end quote. The family has thanked Tara and they called her, quote, very brave, end quote for what she did in finding out what happened to Yingying. And now let's take a minute for one of this episode's sponsors. 
Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Brent was arrested the next day and he was charged with kidnapping. On July 20th, 2017, he pleaded not guilty. While in jail, Brent wrote a suicide letter and he was placed on suicide watch. This ended up putting him in isolation for a portion of the time that he awaited trial. That trial didn't start until June 3rd, 2019. Yingying's dad says of when he first saw Brent during the proceedings, quote, I was really angry. He acted like he was innocent, smiling and eating. It broke my heart, end quote. The defense ended up admitting right in their opening statements that Brent was guilty, and instead they decided to gear their defense to stopping the jury from choosing the death penalty. The Zhang family attorney said he hadn't seen anything like that in his 46 years of practice. The prosecution holds that Brent drove around looking for a victim that day. That's why he spoke to Dr. E early that morning. Then, that afternoon, still hunting for a victim, he approached Yingying at that bus stop. He drove her back to his apartment where he sexually assaulted and tortured her. After that horrific act, Yingying was still alive, so he dragged her to his bathroom where he beat her with a bat, stabbed her, including a stab wound to the neck, and then decapitated her. Yingying fought, though. As evidence shows, she tried to reach up and grab his hand as he stabbed her. The next day, it's believed that Brent put her body in three separate trash bags and discarded it into the apartment complex dumpster. This dumpster's contents were collected three days later, and they were delivered to a private landfill, as was its normal process, and on its typical schedule. This landfill would have compacted the trash at least twice and buried it under 30 feet of garbage, which is just over nine meters. It's so gruesome and upsetting, I can barely read this part of my notes. Now, here's what the defense was arguing. Remember, they're trying to avoid the death penalty. They argued that... This wasn't premeditated. Instead, they wanted to blame a downward spiral in Brent's life and the BDSM lifestyle that they claimed Tara introduced him to. The defense definitely had their work cut out for them because it's clear from everything we've learned that he was hunting prior to meeting Yingying. He tried to abduct Dr. E, so I don't know why they think this would work. The resources and some of those involved would absolutely agree with you, and they say that same thing. The jury did end up finding Brent guilty, and they did so in less than two hours of deliberation. The jury was not unanimous, however, on whether or not they agreed on the death penalty. Thus, Brent was sentenced to life in prison without parole on July 18, 2019. On October 11, 2018, a memorial garden was dedicated for Yingying. This garden is located at the intersection of Goodwin and Clark. It was designed by members of the Champaign County Master Gardeners. Today is maintained by University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign's Chinese Student Scholars Association. In the Finding Yingying documentary, Lai Feng asks as a grieving mother, quote, Americans won't give up on my daughter, right? So here at the Murder Diaries, we're not giving up on Yingying, and we hope this episode shows Yingying's family that. Yingying once wrote, quote, How big is the world? I want to measure the world with my feet. 
And we at The Murder Diaries also hope that this episode with its listeners across the world can help her measure the world as she wished. I'll leave us with a final quote from Ying Ying. It's the last line she ever wrote in her diary. And it's, quote, life is too short to be ordinary. That's where we'll leave this week's episode. You know where to find us until our next episode at the Murder Diaries pod on TikTok and Instagram at the Murder Diaries podcast.com and the Murder Diaries pod at gmail.com. Don't be a stranger. And if you haven't already, go ahead and rate, review, and subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. It helps us keep the good content flowing. Your five stars mean everything. And until then, stay safe. Bye. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.